There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of the Self Love Club podcast is brought to you by Delma T. Sit down with a cuppa and enjoy. The Self Love Club, a place where boss babes share their stories to empower women. Welcome to the Self Love Club podcast. I'm your host, Belle Crawford. Hello, gorgy Self Love Clubbers. I know a large number of people are experiencing changes with their work right now. It can be a really unsettling time, so I thought we'd call in an expert to help calm those nerves and give us some practical advice. Kelly Rowell is a highly skilled employment lawyer with 15 years of experience. She really knows her stuff. In this episode, we cover the types of common employment issues right now, things employers can and can't do during the global pandemic, the lowdown on the government wage subsidy, reduced hours and reduced pay, and expert advice for employees and businesses. If you find this one helpful, you can also catch up on the one with our psychologist, Sarah Chatwin. There's an episode on managing our money, financial impact of what's going on right now, plus the episode on managing our stress, immunity, well-being, all that good stuff. You'll find them all in your pod feeds. And as always, you'll find us at Self Love Club Podcast on Instagram. Please keep sharing with your pals and your stories. It's so cool. We love seeing where you're listening. Enjoy. Kelly, welcome to the Self Love Club Podcast. Thank you so much for your time today. I know it's a very busy time for you, so really appreciate it. Thanks. No, no problem. It's nice to be here and um, to be doing something a little bit different for a change. Yeah. Now tell us about yourself and what you do. Uh, So I'm an employment lawyer. I've been doing that for around 15 years now. And uh, for the last eight or so years, I've been operating my own business as a sole practitioner. Before that, I worked as a senior associate in a boutique specialist employment law firm. I got into employment law mainly because it's about people and relationships. You know, work is such a a big part of our lives that uh, when things go wrong, at work, it tends to have a flow-on effect to all aspects of our, our lives. So that's sort of the, one of the reasons I was drawn to it. Yeah. yeah, it really does help people. And yeah, especially right now, we're seeing so many people being affected by this area. So super helpful. Yeah. What was that transition like? It probably was a natural one for you from going from working for a firm and then ending, and then going doing your own one. It was a huge step. It wasn't um, something I had planned to do really that early on. The main reason I did it was because I started a family. So I had uh, a new baby and I took some time off and it was really the flexibility that working for myself gives me. You just couldn't get the type of flexibility I have now working for a firm. So yeah, it was a a big transition, but um, I built it up gradually because I you know, had a young baby as well. So I had some time off and then just built it up slowly from there. But um, I, I haven't looked back. It's, it gives me the sort of the best work-life balance that you could sort of possibly hope for in this sort of job. So, yeah. yeah. That's so good. Yeah. And yeah, really important what you've done, because I think for a lot of us, it is hard to find that balance, especially with a, you know, a career like that. It's, you've got to focus. It's a lot of hours. So yeah, good on you. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, what kind of work and areas have you been seeing a lot of at the moment? Well, I think since that announcement from the government now almost five weeks ago, I think employment lawyers across the country have been pretty frantic and flat out, actually. It had a huge and rapid impact on on every aspects of businesses. But the main things that I've seen are around the wage subsidy scheme, also uh, whether or not an employer should be continuing to pay employees where they can't work, whether an employer can require annual leave to be taken to cover the lockdown period, whether an employer can reduce an employee's hours of work and pay. And also, this is sort of pre-lockdown, but um, employees who uh, don't want to go to work, even though they could go to work because of fear around what might happen. From an employee's perspective, it's been more around employers putting them under duress in terms of changing their uh, hours of work or making changes to their working arrangements. And it's to the general lack of proper consultation around any changes that have been made. So that, mm. those are the differences between yeah. employers and employees' perspective. A lot of big areas, and we'll go through those a little bit. You know, I think there's a, a lot of fear as well for people that, you know, these things might start to be happening. And then there's obviously things, concerns from the employer's uh, point of view, which uh, mm. is going on. But I think a lot of people, from what I'm hearing, are kind of scared to do anything about these things because they're like worried that if I say, oh, I don't want to do that, they're going to lose their job. And it is actually quite a real fear for a lot of people right now. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing because the alternative really is if an employee doesn't agree to some of the changes that the employer is asking for, the reality is that that could potentially lead to redundancy or, you know, a complete loss of the jobs. So an important thing, though, to remember in all of this is that the fundamental overarching principle that applies to both employers and employees is that both owe each other a duty of good faith. So that means to be open and communicative, responsive, and not to do anything to mislead or deceive the other person. Just being really cooperative, I think, both ways. Is it legal to make people redundant if they don't do those things? Like if they you know, say, for example, someone doesn't want to go to work because they're worried about, you know, like their health concerns or anything, or if they don't want to take a pay cut. If you don't do that, can they actually then make you redundant? Is that legal? Well, I think it really depends on the circumstances of the time, which is a common thing throughout employment law. There's not a one-size-fits-all sort of answer to a lot of these things. If the employer is genuinely in a dire situation where, you know, the, the impact of this lockdown has had a significant impact, as long as they have got a genuine business reason to make somebody redundant, the laws around redundancy and all of that still continue to apply during this time. As long as they follow the the normal processes uh, of consultation, having a a genuine business case and not making any decisions without first consulting the employee, then they could go down a restructuring line. The exception to that, though, is around the wage subsidy scheme, if they've applied for that, because part of the requirement for applying for that is that you must retain employees whom you've applied for the subsidy for for the whole 12-week period. Mm. So there may be questions around um, whether or not you could make someone redundant in those circumstances. I think that the most important thing really is to be upfront with the employees about why you're asking for these changes to be made, to actually communicate with them the company's financial position and why these changes are are really necessary. I think a lot of agreements are coming out of this because both parties can see, well, if 
people don't agree mm. to these alternative arrangements, it may force the employer's hand in, in some ways because mm. for good employers, there's some bad employers out there that are, are just sort of are taking opportunities. With the government wage subsidy, and, you know, that's really great the government is doing that. We're very lucky in New Zealand because there's a lot of countries that wouldn't be doing that for people right now, and then what are you going to do? You're saying that, you know, it's in place so that people don't, well, businesses don't make staff redundant, but they are, like, people are applying for that, and then because of the financial situation, they are making staff redundant. So is it correct then that if they have applied for that, that staff member then has to be paid out that money? Yeah, so with the wage subsidy scheme, yeah, it depends when you applied for it, actually, because before the 27th of March, the requirement was just to use your best endeavours to retain employees. But because of the situations where you're, which you're probably referring to, where uh, employers would apply for the wage subsidy and then immediately make staff redundant, that led to a change actually in that first week of it being announced that it's now employers must retain staff for the 12-week period. So I think in that situation, it depends what, what the situation was at the time they applied for it. So if the situation significantly changes, for example, during that 12-week period and there's really no option but to lay off some staff. I think there's still an ability to restructure your business in those circumstances, but you would need to use the wage subsidy, for example, to pay out the notice period for the employee or, and if there's any excess in terms of the 12-week period, then the recommendation would be that full period is paid out to the employee. Now, that's, there's no real guidance on that. So if an employer was considering doing that, or then it would probably be wise to contact the Ministry of Social Development to see whether that was okay. But the anecdotal evidence on that is that is being done. If the employer has to make redundancies during that 12-week period because the situation is significantly changed, then I think there is the scope to do that, but to as long as that, that employee got that full benefit of that 12-week wage subsidy. Yeah, because so just to clarify, I mean, obviously there's a few, it's very different in any other situation. So if they applied in that time, does the money then have to go to the employee or in some situations, mm. would the employer have to give the money back to the government because they haven't done well, what they're meant to? Yeah, well, that's the other alternative is if, if it wasn't going to the employee, then potentially they would have to pay it back. That's why it's probably best to contact the Ministry of Social Development and say, look, this is what's happened. We can't keep the, these employees. Do you want us to pay it back, the money, or can we pass it on to the employee? And, and from what I've heard, the direction has been that's okay to pass it on to the employee mm. in that situation. If you have a plan in place, for example, to once you've got the subsidy, immediately make staff redundant, then I think that that would not be compliant. The situation where, um, you know, the, the employer's circumstances might completely change during that 12 weeks, like at the beginning, they thought they could retain everybody genuinely, but then further on down the track, things get worse for them and they're in a position where they have to make cuts. Also, during that 12-week period, you could still go through a restructuring process. So this is what we're planning for, but we're not going to make that effective until after that 12-week period. There's so many big companies that have done huge redundancies, and we've seen a lot of them, and that's just a sign of the times. Are they allowed to do that? The law, in terms of employment law, hasn't changed as a result of the lockdown, so all of the things are still at play. So an employer is still able to manage its company as it sees fit and to make changes and restructurings as a result of the lockdown, mm. subject to the declarations they've made around the wage subsidy scheme. Yeah. But generally, restructurings or redundancies are still at the disposal of the employer to combat 
the impact. Another one which you mentioned, and I know a lot of people have been affected by, is pay cuts and uh, employers saying that we need to reduce our, you know, our salaries or whatever so that we can keep people employed. What's the situation with that? A lot of people are like, well, I'll do it because it means I'm retaining a job because the alternative is, I mean, there's so many people, unfortunately, in that situation where they have lost their jobs during this time. Is that okay? Are they allowed to ask people to take a temporary pay decrease? Yeah, the principles around that is that changes to somebody's terms and conditions of employment, so pay or hours, cannot be altered without the employer's agreement. So an employer couldn't just come along and issue you with a a direction to say you're now working three days a week, not five, or you're now required to take a 20% pay cut. First and foremost, they must consult with staff around the reasons why they're asking for that and to get feedback from them. Now, the exception to that might be employees who may have a provision in their contract that says hours of work can be altered with so long as you've been consulted rather than getting agreements. So, you know, you need to check those sorts of provisions, which mm-hmm. might give more flexibility. But as you said before, look, the reality is if people don't agree, then it's looking worse for them or they're looking like they're not being team players or, you know, that sort of thing. And so yeah. that's the the sorts of issues that have been coming up from employers is that, yeah, the, the employer hasn't forced them to make the changes, but they've felt under duress to do it. Unfortunately, there's not really a way around that. Um, it's a sort of decision that the employee needs to make. So there, there should be some negotiation. It shouldn't just be yeah. you have to do this or else you're out the door. You're yeah. so right because I think at the moment a lot – and you just have to think of what's really going on. Like, yeah, in an ideal world we wouldn't have to do that. But right now there are a lot of people losing their jobs and that even that wage subsidy payout, like you just – we've got to think of, okay, well, what do I need to live on and just get by for now – Um, And it's just kind of what's happening because the alternative is you don't have a job. So I think sometimes you just need to think like, okay, it's just for now and then I'll be able to get by and then we can sort of, once this whole thing's over, we can start trying to work out things again. But I, yeah, I know what you mean. I think we just had to think about practically sometimes and just be like, okay, we've got a job, we've got some income, it might be a bit less, but it's enough and it's good for now and it'll get us by, you know, that kind of mindset I think you need to kind of keep into. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. We'll get back to the rest of our episode with employment lawyer Kelly soon, but first, a word from our pals at Dilma Tea. I love how a cup of tea can make you feel a lot better. When I can sense that someone isn't quite feeling themselves, I like to make them a cup of Dilma peppermint tea, and I love it when someone makes me a cup of tea. It's honestly the nicest thing. Dilma Tea have a range of teas, including herbal and fruit teas, so there's something for everyone. Offer to make a cuppa for someone at home today. This simple act can bring a smile to their face and really make their day. Plus, there's a Dilma Tea giveaway just for you, Self Love Clubbers. Check it out at Self Love Club Podcast on Instagram to enter. Right, back to our episode with employment lawyer, Callie Rowell. So what about, um, and it's fairly standard, I know that employers have asked people to take leave. Is that something a company can do? And, and talk us around why they do that. Yeah, so that is a common thing that's been happening. As you said, it's a way for employers to try to manage the period of of the lockdown. The general principle around annual leave or using any leave is that it should be by agreement between the employer and employee. So it is 
okay for an employer to say, look, because you can't work over this time, we would like you to take annual leave. And it should be by mutual agreement as to the days, how many days and, and what type, what the dates are and all that sort of thing. If agreement cannot be reached around those things, though, an employer can, under the Holidays Act, an employer can direct the employee to take annual leave at a specific time, provided that they give 14 days written notice of that requirement. And that's something that employers have been doing. And that is that is lawful in terms of the Holidays Act. And it's not in breach of the wage subsidy scheme or anything like that. The reason why uh, some employers take that approach is that it's an opportunity to continue paying employees rather than it being leave without pay or something along those lines. Also, because annual leave balances as a liability to the company. So when someone leaves a job, they are entitled to be paid out all of their annual leave entitlements. So if an employer has a huge annual leave liability on the books, because then it can be a significant cost to them when there's mass redundancies, for example. Mm. So it's also a way to get leave balances down from that sort of perspective. But generally, I think employers, from my experience anyway, have been suggesting that as a means for employees to continue to receive payment. Because there is a question actually about whether or not for those employees that can't work from home or they can't actually do anything over the time, whether or not employers actually obliged to continue paying them at all. So yeah, that's um, a good point, yeah. actually, because I mean, some of us are lucky that we can work from home, but those who aren't right now, like... The general consensus around it is that because neither party can fulfil their obligations and it's through no fault of either party, it's beyond either party's control, it doesn't necessarily flow that the employer must still continue to pay those employees that aren't able to work. That's for the yeah the employees that, that just can't work from home. There's no capability to work from home. For example, they're a hairdresser or a construction worker or something like that. So that's why alternative arrangements are being looked at as well because there isn't, from a legal perspective, there's an argument that that there is no requirement to pay wages to those employees. However, with the, that's also subject, obviously, to the wage subsidy scheme because one of the declarations of that that an employer is meant to make around the wage subsidy scheme is that they have to use their best endeavours to pay at least 80% of an employee's wages. If that is not possible because, for example, the operation is completely shut down and there's no revenue stream, mm. then the obligation is to pay at least the full amount of the wage subsidy. So to pass on at least that amount. Are you seeing, and it seems like the at this time, it's hard for everyone, employers and employees. And I know the Ministry of Business and Innovation are getting like a huge number of inquiries. Are you seeing any like, I'd say cowboy behaviour from businesses right now? I've had friends who just had their and obviously it's been corrected, some of them now, but some of them just had their pay cut without even them being talked to about it. Are there some things like that going on, especially early on when it was all happening so quickly and everyone was just trying to do their best and work it all out? Yeah, it sort of threw everyone into a bit of a panic, I think, at the beginning. And people, I think employees tended to think that employment law didn't apply anymore and they mm. could just go and do these things because it was sort of quite a drastic, serious, urgent situation. Yeah, that sort of behaviour is completely unlawful. You can't just cut people's pay without even talking to them or um, consulting with them at least. Um, and actually, you should be getting their written agreement to do that. One Sorry. thing I did hear was um, a, an employer who asked people to take annual leave to cover part of the, the lockdown, but then required them to work during the annual leave as well. So, so actually, that's, yeah, that's, not, that's not lawful. Yeah, I'd heard of some, and yeah. I know people who had had 
work they'd done before this all happened and then them trying to pay them less for it like things like that you know that's not cool is it (laughs) yeah and it it is hard I guess it's one of those it all happened very quickly it's a situation which have people ever had to come up to speed with which I feel like people are doing pretty well now we're into the swing of it but we don't it is a hard one because we don't know how long this is going to go on for I mean we know from the government they're keeping us updated and there's some people that are able to get back into certain areas going by their outlines I wanted to ask you a question about the reduced hours and reduced pay. It, can employers do that for a long period of time or would it be like during this time and then outline the time period that they can do that for? Or Because, you know, like what if people are taking a pay cut? Is it for good or what? how does that work? Mm-hmm. Depends on what was actually agreed to. So um, some may have it ending in a specific time period. You know, at the end of the lockdown, you revert back to 100% pay. Others have got it, you know, for a certain period of time, but then it will be reviewed on an ongoing basis. So because just because the lockdown is lifted doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be business as usual straight straight away. You know, the tap's not going to suddenly be turned on for some employers. So those sorts of arrangements may need to be longer term. But again, um, if there's any variation to what was agreed to at the beginning, then that should be again agreed to going forward. Otherwise, it should just revert back to what was in place before. Obviously, everyone's situation is going to be different. So we'll just try to keep it like blanket advice for people. Um, What would be some advice you would have for employees right now? Yeah, I would say... um, no, you're right, I suppose, and that may be difficult, you know, to get legal advice if, if you're not getting paid or you're being re- your pay's been reduced to actually be able to afford that. But there's a lot of information on uh, the Mobi MBIE website about um, employees' rights and, and that sort of thing. So I would say if you can't afford to get legal advice to um, actually go on there, there's a lot of information that, that is helpful or there are community law centres available that may be able to help. Just talk with your employer as well, like that that communication goes both ways. So if you're having difficulty and you're in trouble, you know, just reach out to your employer and and they may be able to assist. Or uh, And there's also, you know, a lot of information on the government website on COVID-19 about the other support that is available. So, you know, mortgage holidays and all that sort of stuff may be useful for someone who's, who's struggling. Just before you sign something just make sure you understand what it really means and what the impact is Mm. you don't have to agree to changes and there are options and ways to redress that if something has happened that is unlawful yeah and I guess it's hard because right now people are being thrown into situations they may not have experienced before and it's all happening really quickly and everyone's trying to make do so it's hard to know if you are in a situation where something that's happening isn't right like I mean you people may have lost their jobs and they're not sure if everything was done correctly you know like it's a it's a tricky one like what would your advice be to people who are going through those redundancies and things right now if someone believes that they've been treated unfairly in terms of redundancies or reducing pay then they are able to raise a personal grievance for either unjustified dismissal or unjustified disadvantage. And they've got uh, 90 days to raise those sorts of concerns with their employer. You don't necessarily need a lawyer to be able to do that. You can do it yourself. And there's information on that on the websites. And the first port of call in that situation, if you can't resolve it directly with the employer, is to go to mediation. Where, and that's a free service provided by the Ministry of Business and Innovation and Employment. 
if you can uh, seek advice because you know specialist in the area will be able to yeah. guide you as to whether it's worthwhile pursuing or what what your options might be. Mm. And what would be some advice once we do start coming out of this and try people are trying to get back into their or new normal with employment? What will that look like for people when? after this time and people are trying to get work again? Yeah, it's difficult to know what the new normal will look like, I suppose. People need to be prepared that there may still be ongoing uncertainty and restructurings and redundancies because, as I said before, once the lockdown is lifted or there's a gradual lifting, uh, it's not going to immediately go back to normal. So the warnings have been from government uh, that this is going to be, have a very significant impact for a long period of time. Unemployment's going to arise and all that sort of s- significantly. So you need to be prepared for that, that it's not just going to be maybe business as usual once the lockdown is lifted. I think people as well, like we're very lucky and privileged in the jobs we have. You know, we're not always going to be able to get those jobs straight away. So take jobs that you can and sort of there are industries that will have jobs and things and it might be like a lot less of in terms of your qualifications, it might be less. But you're seeing like pilots going and stacking supermarket shelves. You're seeing people do. And I think just you have to think in that mindset for a little bit. And it's not what people are used to. But yeah, it's a good, good point you raised that we're not just going to go back to normal. like. It's not going to yeah. completely go back to how it was, and and you're not, and also businesses aren't going to have the same amount of money because they've gone through this time as well. And it's yeah, you're right. It's about maybe reinventing yourself or or what you do, or taking an opportunity to do something completely different. They may be looking at it as an opportunity to to do something that you'd been thinking of doing for a long time and and hadn't hadn't really had that opportunity to do it. Sometimes these sort of bad circumstances mm. can lead to lead on to different, uh, you know, better outcomes in the end. But And for businesses, looking at at different ways of doing things to protect themselves from these sorts of things again in the future. Yeah, that leads us into employers and businesses. What would be, again, it's hard because there are so many different sort of things that are going on, but what would be some blanket advice that you would have for employers and maybe even small business during this time? Around uh, employees, it's really just being really open and transparent with them about what's going on, what's happening, keeping that those lines of communications open and talking with staff about what you are proposing to do, what you need to do to in order to get through, the, the company get through this time. Um, you get much more better buy-in, I think, if you really involve the employees in the whole process and looking at alternative ways of doing things, moving more to online I mean, it depends what industry it is. Also, I think it's going to be important for small businesses and all businesses actually to be very mindful of their responsibilities under the Health and Safety Act. That's going to continue on as well. I guess being innovative as well. And it's really cool seeing a lot of Kiwi businesses do that as hard a time it is, you know, with a lot of food places getting back into things. I'm really proud seeing everyone sort of adapt and try work out ways of doing business. It's really cool seeing that. And it yeah, must be so great. hard, really but, but good on them, you yeah. know? Yeah, mm. totally. Now we do talk a lot about self-care on the podcast. So what are some ways that you are looking after yourself during this time? I know you're continuing to be busy working during it. Um, well, a big thing for me, and it always has been, is being able to get out and do some exercise. So I've been continuing to do that. As a family, we've been doing online exercise classes and things, which is fun if not a bit challenging with four people jumping around in the lounge but for me also before lockdown um, exercise for me was part 
of, you know, it was a total me time. Like it was just yeah. something that was just for me. So with everyone together all the time, I learned that I actually do still need to get out on my own yeah. and not, you know, not always be a family walk or um, exercising together. I really need that time where it's just myself and take time for, for me. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. That's the thing. We're, we're with everyone all the time, way more than we're used yeah. to. Be. So yeah, yeah. To, especially being a mum and, and, you know, running a household and working, it's a lot at once. Yeah. So yeah. What, yeah, what are some other ways, some things you're liking to do in your downtime apart from going for a little walk on your own? Yeah, I've been into the kitchen and cooking. I quite enjoy that. Although, to be honest, I'm so looking forward to takeaways. I have something that I haven't cooked myself. But yeah, I've been doing more baking and and cooking and stuff. I find that quite therapeutic as well. But I think it's also important to not feel like you have to fill every minute of the day and it's okay not to have lots of things to do. I so agree um, with you on that. I've spoken about that yeah. a bit and how like, it, it, yeah, it's cool to do things, but you don't have to be super productive all the time, yeah. which we always do. We always have these like to-do lists, which we're like, oh, we've got to be productive, but you're so right. Like just resting a yeah. little bit and having a bit of downtime because we are really, it's really full on right now. Yeah, it is. I saw an inspirational quote that came around the traps on Facebook. This one quite resonated with me and it was about just letting yourself rest. Time does not always need to be filled you are enough simply in your being. So I thought that was really, really nice. nice. You don't have to fill every minute of the day and not have too high expectations on yourself. You know, some people, you want to do that. That's great. Um, You know, learning a new skill or whatever, but I don't think if you don't want to do that, you don't need to. Yeah. I so um, know what you mean. Pressure on yourself. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm finding I'm, it's hard to get everything done right now because there is a lot of extra stuff going on. And so sometimes, yeah, you just got to take moments not to beat yourself up if you're not getting through your to do list each day, which is huge. You know, like you've just got to be a a bit kinder to yourself because it is hard when you're trying Mm. to, yeah, we're just, we're all having to get a lot of extra things done. And then, you know, for yourself, like working at home with your children, there's parents are taking on a lot of other things during their day while they're trying to work. So it's it's a lot for everyone. You're right. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much for your time, Kelly. That was really helpful advice for everyone. I know it's a very heavy sort of situation. And so, yeah, that will definitely provide some people with some really helpful advice. Thanks to Delma T for making this episode of the Self Love Club podcast possible. Enjoy a cup of Delma T at home today. Thank you so much for listening to the Self Love Club podcast. Please subscribe for weekly episodes and catch up on apps you may have missed. Reviews and sharing the Self Love Club with your friends and on your Instagram stories helps heaps in spreading the self love message. You can keep up with the Self Love Club at Self Love Club Podcast and at Bell Crawford on Instagram. Plus, find resources and blog posts on my website, bellcrawford.com. We've got heaps of boss babes coming up to empower you through the rest of the year with weekly episodes available each Monday. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.